2: Welcome to the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA
1: Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. It's down to this four drivers, one race, one champion. When NASCAR's final race roars to life on Sunday in Phoenix, we'll finally crown a champion after 36 grueling races, including 10 playoffs. What better way to end the season than to talk to my two favorite NASCAR reporters, Ken Willis and Ryan Pritt of the Daytona Beach News-Journal. While others may be stake, Ryan and Ken are the filet mignon of NASCAR journalists. They'll be here in just a moment to break down this final race and look back on the amazing NASCAR season. But first, I have to welcome you all in. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters. And thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida Network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper, and of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. Ken Willis and Ryan Pritt have been working hard since January to prep you for the NASCAR season, and covering it all season long. Now, they get to have the conclusion to this year's chapter. Let's bring them in right now. Ryan, welcome back to the podcast. Tim, thanks for having me, man. Always fun to be here. Absolutely. And Ken, of course, it's always great to hear your dulcet tones.
2: Well, it's great to be heard. Thank you.
1: Well, as you probably heard in the intro, has anyone ever referred to you as the filet mignon of NASCAR? Because I think highly of you guys.
2: I uh, I prefer uh, like Jethro Bodine's uh, movie star name and the Beverly Hillbillies. I prefer beef jerky.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm gonna, as as a proud native of West Virginia, I'll just take deer tenderloin. That'll work for me.
1: All right. Interesting set of palates you guys have. And I love working in a good uh, Beverly Hillbillies reference it makes me want to go for a dip in the cement pond (laughs) (laughs) well let's get down to why we're really here and that is there's a little thing happening this weekend in nascar at phoenix it is the season finale of the playoff races uh the 10th and final one the 36th race of the season so ryan i'm gonna start with you we knew going in two of the drivers But now we know all four after the final race in Martinsville. So catch us up. Who are the four drivers that will be vying for the title, and who do you think will be the one that comes out with it?
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, we had two. Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson had already punched tickets via wins at Homestead in Las Vegas, and uh, on Sunday at Martinsville, Ryan Blaney took care of a third with his win, and William Byron, barely, I might add, survived um, after six wins this year uh, as the lone point entrant. So it'll be Bell, Larson, Blaney, and Byron heading to Phoenix. Um, three guys looking for their first championship ever. That's Bell, Byron, and Blaney, the killer bees, if you if you will, and then Kyle Larson looking for a second. So, yeah. Um, Whoever finishes the highest uh, gets the ultimate prize. Usually that's a win, and I'm sure we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But, um, you know, if if one guy finishes 20th and the rest of them are in the 30s, that's your winner. And I, I got to tell you, in terms of who might come out on top, I'm sure Ken will disagree because we usually do. But momentum this season, we've seen it where drivers just have popped up and, and looked unbeatable for stretches there for a while. It was Chris Busher early in the year. It was Truex larson's had some runs hamlin's had some runs and man you kind of just if if this new car has taught us anything i think it's you got to go with the hot guy and right now that's blaney he's had the best speed argu- arguably two weeks in a row he was really good at vegas and there are some numbers here with him including uh last seven races at phoenix highest average finish of the four most laps led with the four most top fives of the four most top tens of the four so I'm going to ride the hot the hot hand here and say that Blaney gets it done again on Sunday and wins his first title.
1: All righty. And, Ken, do you agree with that assessment, or do you see one of the other four drivers coming out with this? Of course I disagree with that. It's too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> when, another thing we've
2: learned this year is when something appears too obvious, run away from it. Uh, <laughs> so I I am uh, – uh, preface this by saying my championship pick has changed – this year two or three different times and uh when the playoffs started i sort of went out on a limb and i think i went with keselowski just to be different and be hopeful but uh that didn't pan out and after that i said it just all signs seemed to be pointing to the 24 car william byron Hendrick motorsports the old jeff gordon team and uh boy he damn near he damn near uh (laughs) Uh, when exited stage left at Martinsville, he came a lot closer. He had such a points cushion. It seemed like he was an obvious guy to get in whether he won or not. And uh, he, he got in by, I think seven or eight points and, uh, and they did not have a good day. They fought it all day Sunday at Martinsville. And that some part, somebody might look at that and go, oh, they're trending in the wrong direction. He has no chance next week, but I tend to look at that and go, all right, he got his, he got his bad hole out of the way. He made his double bogey and, he, or he made a, you know, he should have had a triple bogey and escaped with a bogey and survived. And you know, I, I tend to think he got got his clanker out of the way, and I think he's going to be okay. And I just, you know, I'm not saying I'm necessarily pulling for William Byron, but I I just tend to think he's the guy this year.
1: righty. well, if he gets crowned the champion, we can start calling him Lord Byron after the 18th century pop culture poet and such. But I will take Christopher Bell in this just because I wanted to pick somebody different than you guys. And I'm rooting for Bell to win his first title. So we'll have to see what happens coming up this week. Now, Ryan, let's say all four of these guys, they're all in the same pack. They're racing along, each of them trying to win the title. And a huge wreck happens that wipes all four out. What happens then?
0: Just real quickly, though, I'd like to point out that we have three guys picking winners out of four drivers and none of the three took the best driver on planet earth right now who's Kyle (laughs) larson so just to throw that out there um yeah like i mentioned the the cool part about this format is you have all of these playoff points and stage racing and all this stuff and then they get into the final race and they go what you know what guys all four of you just whoever finishes the highest that's our winner so if all four would happen to be in a wreck and uh all four cars couldn't go any further. I I suppose it would be the one who spun out furthest down the backstretch, right? Ken, is is that how that would go? <laughs> who
2: was leading? I, I assume it would be who was ahead at the most recent. Uh, yeah. Uh, scoring not scoring pylon, but the monitors that they have that are located every you know quarter of a furlong or whatever. <laughs> uh, whoever was ahead at the most <laughs> recent scoring uh, scoring monitor, I think would be the would be the winner as far as I know. But boy, you ask a tough question there, Mister Walters.
0: I tell you, well, the I'm real winner would we... be us in terms of page views the following week because you want to talk about some controversy. That would be quite nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping for a Ricky Bobby scenario where the four of them have to get out and just start running for the winner. Who'd win then? Oh, that's a good. I'm wow. take. I would take. I would take Blaney
2: on that one. He's kind of long and lean and looks like he might have a pretty good stride.
0: <laughs> yeah, Byron looked pretty out of gas on Sunday after that tough race. I'm not sure he has the endurance, especially if it's a backstretch crash. So. Yeah, I like Blaney. We've seen that before, by the way, uh, Tim. Carl Edwards was famous, did that one time at Talladega, flipped about 200 yards from the start-finish line, got out and ran it in. So, um, <laughs> too bad he's not in this, because he's a heck of an athlete.
1: Yeah, he's the one I'd pick to win a battle royal, I don't know, and a foot race, probably. But out of these guys, I mean, heck, I I, I didn't realize you would have so much homework on their cardio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move moving along. Uh Ken, do you like this format where you whittle the drivers down, you have four in a championship, and then it's just go? Or do you do you prefer previous formats or think they should tweak it at all? No, I've grown I've grown to uh
2: indulge their need for you know for T V ratings and attention. I mean I understand that's where the bread is buttered and 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 the you know for most of my life the champion was was crowned through a season-long points format and every single race paid the same amount of points and sometimes the winner had clinched the championship two or three races from the end of the season and that's just the way it went and there are still some people out there who would love to see it that way but those are not people trying to sell a uh, billion dollar TV contracts to a couple of networks and they're not people trying to sell you know 100 dollar race tickets to a bunch of folks in Phoenix you know it's you know, it's, a, it's an entertainment vehicle, so to speak, and they have to uh, create drama if uh, where drama may not exist elsewise. Uh, but guess what? The entire sport of NASCAR was uh, born for, on, on that premise of contrived uh, competition, if you will, that, that they, the rule book keeps everybody as balanced as they can so that you don't have anybody running off and uh in hiding and 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 you know it's just the way it is and they they i've always said i mean they're going to keep working on it and if they have to they'll line up the top three or four drivers and put them at the on at turn four and say first one to the finish line is the champion they'll do what they have to do and this is this seems to be
1: uh you know the the best thing that they have come up with thus far Kinda of like when baseball added a runner to second base when they're in the tenth inning or something like that. Now now you're now you're angering me, Tim.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's not touch on that, please.
1: All right. Well, you know, I'm curious what you guys think because you know, during football season or the end of NASCAR season, I rarely see my older brother. He's a NASCAR guy. He's watching races. I'm watching football. Work for the Times Union. Of course I'm watching the Jaguars. Is there a way, because I imagine NASCAR loses such a chunk of its fan base or its audience on Sundays for those playoff races during the NFL season, could you see a scenario where they maybe try and make it a bigger attraction by, you know, putting them at night or putting them on a Thursday or putting them on a Sunday night or, you know, just changing around their slot because two or three o'clock on a Sunday, that is a, a tough draw when you're in your biggest part of your season.
2: Well, I think that the if, if the network's are okay paying what they pay for the network contracts, And if they're okay with getting minuscule ratings compared to what they get other times of the year, if they're if they're okay with getting a fraction of the ratings once NFL season starts, uh, then everything will stay the same. Now, if they came and said, hey, let's look at this. We don't want to get two or two and a half million viewers in October and November when we could be getting four or five million viewers if we race, say, on Thursday night. If they did something like that, of course Thursday nights a football night too, right? So they'd have to do Wednesday nights. If if they came to them with that, they'd have to look at it. But if the, if every time the network contract comes up, ever since two thousand and one, uh, it has people have uh, said, "Oh boy, they're gonna." It's not going to be the same anymore. But every single time, the amount of the contract, the total amount, has increased. And I assume it will again, because just the price of doing business is higher everywhere for everything. And as long as those networks are still okay with with the drop off, the ratings drop off starting in September, then everything will stay the same. And and you know, and I'm fine with that. But, you know, I'm fine with whatever they decide. What am I
0: what what am I going to (laughs) do? I would like to correct you real quick, Ken, though. Wednesday night is a football night, too. I believe you were watching the Conference USA game of the week last week, right?
1: (laughs) Conference USA. There you go. Well, you know, with with the Thursday night NFL game, though, that's usually it's not always the greatest matchup and it's a, you know, can be a very regional sport. So I think they would have a better chance maybe in a Thursday night slot or, you know, maybe they look at, you know, holding more morning races. I'd love ten You know, watched a 10 o'clock NASCAR race then people are going to stay with that till the finish if it ends at 1.30 or 2 and then jump into their NFL. So, you know, I think there are some solutions to it, but it was just something I was talking about because my brother always wants to watch NASCAR and I got to watch the Jaguars. So like I say, you know, it just, it, it makes me think there are probably a lot of crossover fans and they have to make those choices. And that, especially with your playoffs, that's a, that's a tough spot. But, you know, I'm not, I'm sure that there are people a lot richer than us that have had those discussions before. At least I hope they have. If not, give the three of us more money. So, uh, well, you know,
2: Formula yeah. One ratings have increased quite a bit in the U.S. and and they those races generally start around nine a.m. on Sundays in in the U.S. That when they're racing in in Europe, so there is some, uh, you know, there's a little bit of history there and a little bit, a little bit of something to go on. So there you go. Let's start. There we go. Sunday
0: brunch. Let's brunch let's remember. Rockingham. Let's remember one why Formula One ratings have increased. Been- increase and that's because there was a netflix show which oh by the way nascar has coming this january to a tv screen near you so we'll see if that helps too but but also another point to your to your original point tim the thursday night thing not only is that a usually a less than stellar matchup but i believe usually that's streaming only right on amazon prime so you really don't have any tv competition to speak of either i don't think on thursday nights
1: that is a brilliant point very good So, you know, (laughs) he is, (laughs) you know, and that that brings up another discussion then, too. And I was going to ask this question later, but we can talk about this now with both of you. I'll start with Ken. You know, the season starts way back in February. In fact, they're practicing, you know, late January. It's ending in November. Is the season too long? Do you think they should wrap it up sooner? Do you think a 10, 11 month slog is, is how NASCAR should stick to it? They could wrap it up sooner if they wanted to take money off the table because, the, again, yeah, the true. networks
2: are paying for 30, 38, 38 events in total. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they could condense it by like they did in 2020 when they had to. They could condense it by running a couple of races on a weekend or, or a midweek race followed by a Sunday race. You know, there are different ways to condense it and try to get it done by, you know, the middle of September. But, but you know, again, I mean, if, if it's – and I hate to beat the – just keep – being mr cliche here but it just depends on what what the networks want because that's where the real money is is in the network tv deals and if they say hey we get we this is what we're leaning toward then they'd have to take a serious look at
0: it yeah yeah and you know i think the fan i think for the fans too uh, you know i think they like the length of the season it's, it's kind of a tradition in the sport and i'm sure you could ask your brother i know i'm the same way it gets to be about you know mid December and we get to Sunday and it's kind of like man I really wish having a race or miss having a race to watch this afternoon. So, I think that's something that NASCAR has that you know maybe other than baseball, um, no sport really does. Is it's there for you almost every week. So, I think I would hate to if if it is ever shortened, I'd hate to see it shortened by too much. I think it's a really unique uh, aspect for the sport.
1: All right. Makes sense to me. And yeah, he's he's a Buccaneers fan. So once NASCAR season ends, he's not going to have a whole lot. To, they had hope early on, but, but hope it does not spring eternal, it looks like. Uh- <laughs> he's done with football already then. That's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I got one more question for you before we start playing our, our fun game that I have lined up for you. Who would you say, and I'll start with Ryan and then go to Ken, who would you say is the biggest surprise this season, good or bad? Actually, and, and who's the I guess who's the biggest surprise? Good, and who's the biggest disappointment?
0: I think the biggest surprise, good, um, you know, is Chris Busher. and he's a guy that got eliminated from the round of eight on Sunday. But I think you know, before the year started, that was such a developing program, RFK Racing, and had someone told you one of their drivers was going to win three races, I would say ninety-four percent of the the people you would ask would have pointed to Brad Keselowski, who. Is still searching for the end of his losing streak, but it ha- also had a great year. I mean, that team, you could argue that there were many times this year were the best Ford team out there. And for Busher to win three races and make the round of eight, obviously a huge career year for him. And um, really good story, man. He's always been a good driver. Seems like a good guy and uh, found himself in some good equipment this year and really took advantage of it, including a win right here in Daytona in the summer. So he'd be my pick for surprise. The biggest disappointment to me is the performance of, Stuart Haas racing and, you know, I, w- I would point to the fact that Kevin Harvick didn't win a race and obviously has one more shot at a really good racetrack for him on Sunday. But I, and, and having said that, I'm not sure that's really his fault. Their equipment, if you look at the performance of Ryan Priest, Eric Almirola, those guys just and even Chase Briscoe, who made the chase last year, just hasn't been there, man. They, they have searched for it. Nearly all year long, and um, you know, to have a guy like Tony Stewart in the fold there, obviously one of the biggest names in auto racing over the last three or four decades, even um, just kind of head scratching at times the lack of performance out of those guys, and you really hate to see Harvick end his career on a on a year where he didn't win a race. So I, I would point to them. And Ken, same
2: exact thing. I mean, the RFK Racing Group Keselowski uh, was just so much more competitive this year, and Busher, of course arrived by winning some races and yeah the Stuart Haas team that that just oh man I mean what a they just they went where it's like them and the Roush Fenway group switched switch sides almost they switched positions but uh the but the narrowed down specifically on a driver disappointing I would say from about uh from about Labor Day on uh Tr- Martin Truex he just fell off the he just fell off the rail there uh once the playoffs started I mean he was the regular season champ and if he hadn't brought a bunch of bonus points along with him into the playoffs, he might he he, he would not have gotten through two rounds of the playoffs. And uh, but he hung around to the, f- the final eight uh, writing those bonus points. But, boy, he just uh, he became a 15th place guy week in and week out after winning the regular season championship. And he had that disappointing season last year and he came back so strong this year only to there's a guy who wished the season ended in September.
1: <laughs> he he might have been <laughs> he might have been holding another trophy. if Kevin Harvick does end up winning this race, uh, are are the internet conspiracy theorists going to be coming out saying, oh, NASCAR made him win? Uh, Yeah, but we don't have to worry (laughs) about that because that's not going to happen. But then again,
2: (laughs) who saw saw Eric Amarola coming so close yesterday?
0: I will say this, you know, before we get off of that topic, you can look at any driver's record right now that's running at any racetrack, and you will not find a more impressive slate than Kevin Harvick's at Phoenix. So non-time winner there, 1,699 laps led for his career at Phoenix. I'm not going to sit here and say he has no chance on Sunday, but uh, what a story it would be if he did.
1: I'll say that. Uh, Ryan bringing the leather with that type of stat. Nice job.
0: I like to back mine up with facts, uh, Tim. Ken just throws his opinion out there, so we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: And Ryan Ryan's also in the leather, so. ooh, very good.
0: <laughs> All right, moving it's on. Too hot out here for that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to wear leather in Daytona. Good point. Although a uh, bike week, maybe. But anyhow, so, you know, speaking of the track, Phoenix, you know, what What can you tell people about where the track is going to be run this weekend? And also, you know, it makes me wonder, next year, do you know if any new tracks are going to be coming to the circuit, or have they given out any of that info?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, we have a, a couple of new ones next year, right? Um, Iowa's on the track, or on the slate, and I've, that's a track that I've been wanting to see come into the cup series for a long time that's a little seven eighth mile track is that right ken i think seven eighths yeah, of a yeah. mile seven um eights, roughly. Kinda, roughly yeah it kind of would remind you of a track similar to phoenix and richmond a little bit but i think the banking's a little better gives you more of a multi groove kind of racetrack just a fun tra- track um to to see and they've been running it in the xfinity series and truck series and to see the cup cars on it next year is going to be really fun um but uh, you were asking about phoenix and Yeah, I mean, just a little what, uh, you know, not quite a short track, kind of an intermediate there. And, um, you know, very close to Richmond, which is its sister track. And uh, it it is on the books to host the championship race again next year. Um, And depending on who you ask, probably me or Ken, that's a good or bad thing. Um, But, uh, yeah, so it should be uh, similar to those racetracks. Should see a lot of close quarters racing and we'll see what happens.
2: And it provides one of the prettier backdrops in auto racing, too. The background views are, are nice if you're into that kind of thing.
1: All right. Love a good background for a race. All right, guys. Well, now it is that time. Normally, I try and stump you, especially Ken, with fun facts about Cale Yarborough. But I've come up with a different game this time, and I'm trying to stick a little bit more to to just uh, some NASCAR questions with you guys that are a little bit off of the subject of racing in the championship. So we are going to call this game This or That, where I give you some choices and you choose This or That. So first, we're going to play grandiose music. All right, we're going to start here. And uh, I I guess, Ryan, let's start with you if nascar could add one new car maker to the mix would you rather see tesla volkswagen hyundai or mercedes which one would you take (laughs) wow
0: um i was gonna say subaru but you didn't give me that as an option so we'll go um uh, let's say mercedes let's class it up a little bit see one of those out there and uh and, and see what they do on the track i'd like to see a mercedes in a nascar race why not
1: All right, Ken, what would you take? Tesla, Volkswagen, Hyundai, or Mercedes? I I would say I hate
2: to, God knows I hate to agree with Ryan, but I'm with him on that. (laughs) Certainly do not want an electric
1: car in Nashville. In Nashville, NASCAR or Nashville for that matter. Hey, he might be, uh, Elon Musk might be able to work some SpaceX technology into a car and make it really fun to watch on a track, though.
0: I'll tell you. All for that. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Tim, will let you be the one that has to deal with all the nascar fans if it's ever announced that tesla's entering the foray then how about that
1: (laughs) all right here is the second question in this or that and we'll start with ken this time so the nfl has expanded to locations outside the u.s such as london and germany if nascar could go outside the u.s would you rather see it run a race in brazil london germany or australia
2: well, sort of a trick question because they already run a race out of the out of the country in Los Angeles so, that would, uh, so let's go Australia boy that'd be a hell of a fuel bill getting all the equipment down there uh, London would be talking about backdrops if they did a street race that would be amazing um, I just you know I'm gonna stick with a uh, I'll, I'll go
0: boring and go with London all right, Ryan? I'm going to say Australia. Yeah, I mean, we had a, a New Zealander who uh, runs a lot of his racing in Australia come over to the States and kick our guys' rear ends at Chicago, and a little payback would be nice. Let's go, Australia.
1: All right, there you go. You know, I recently wrote a column in the Times Union that looked at seven locations that they have never played an NFL game in, and I chose one in South Africa. That wasn't one of the choices here, but it would be cool to go and run a race there near Cape Town. You could do some whale watching, see some great white sharks. That would be a lot of fun. All right, Tim, right I,
0: told you when you, I told you when you were building that list, I wanted to see Iceland on there, and if you gave me that as, a, as an option here, uh, NASCAR under the Aurora would be quite awesome.
1: I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I I couldn't even copy and paste Reykjavik. That's how hard it is to spell. So that's why I left it off. All right. Question number three. This one will go to Ryan first this time. So the NFL has had a lot of success in bringing in a new younger female audience, thanks to the romance between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Taylor Swift. So who could NASCAR do the same with if, let's say, Chase Elliott, who isn't married, was to take on a celebrity girlfriend? Would it be Olivia Rodrigo? Ice Spice, Dua Lipa, or K pop Idol Lisa of Blackpink.
0: I I literally have no idea who any of the four of those human beings are. So, um, yeah, uh, I'll I'll defer to our pop culture expert, Ken Willis, on this one. By by the way, it's it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny we quit playing trivia and Tim finally stumps me on a this or that (laughs) question. So.
2: Oh my lord! Well, I now I do I am old enough to remember the days when uh, when Jeff Bodine showed up with uh, with Tanya Tucker on his arm. There you go.
1: That's a dated reference. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I just googled current uh, famous pop star uh, females or something like that, and the, these were on the list. And uh, Lisa of Blackpink. Uh, apparently, she's the biggest thing in Korea. So if you're going to run a race in Korea, maybe that's the way to go. <laughs> oh.
0: Maybe we can get a Kardashian on the race circuit. Maybe that would be it. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier. I think this is a good question. So if a brawl broke out between NASCAR drivers from any time in history and they're at the prime of their youth, who would you take in a brawl? Would you take Kyle Edwards, Cale Yarborough, Ryan Newman, or Tony Stewart? Kale Ryan.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I'm gonna go Newman. I, I like a, I, I like a guy with some mass to him in a fight. So I, I, that that seems like one of those guys that would be hard to do much with, and also one of those guys you could kind of hit in the head with a two by four and not really hurt him. So I'm gonna go Newman.
2: And <laughs> hey, Ken, I heard you say Kale Yarborough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's no no contest. It would be Kale, with the possible exception of Jimmy Spencer.
1: Ooh, okay. That that yeah. That that's a good one too. You know, Kale he was probably one of the only NASCAR driver who's ever had tryouts for an NFL team. So uh, probably pretty tough guy. But Ryan Newman, I think he has a an amateur wrestling background of some sort. So you know, maybe there'd be a little. Well, Kevin Harvick wrestled in high school, and yep. was, if a guy was a successful wrestler in high
0: school,
2: you do not want to mess with him for the rest of his days. So Correct. Kevin Harvick
1: probably should be on that list too.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Well, maybe Tony Stewart knows Krav Maga and he'd beat them all. We'd never know. Oh, by by the way, have you ever gotten a good look at BJ McLeod? No, I have not. (laughs) Yeah. Give him a wide berth, too. He he looks like he can handle himself. All righty. The last question. As earlier, I chose to refer to you guys as the filet mignon of NASCAR reporting. If you could choose one of the following, do you take filet mignon, lobster, Peking duck, or buffalo wings? (laughs) <laughs> Ken.
2: I will, wow. uh, even even though I uh, barely speak any French, I will take the the fillet mignon. I <laughs> will go with that. All
0: right, Ryan? I'm a little different. I prefer a, a, a nice um, ribot to a filet mignon, actually. I'm on that minority uh, bandwagon. But I will say um, I eat a lot of chicken wings. I love chicken wings probably as much as anyone you'll meet. But I will, I will say... Um, I don't know that there's a better piece of meat than a, good, a well-prepared duck. So I'm going to go well off the board there. I'm going to go with <laughs> Peking duck as my answer.
1: All righty. Well, I threw in buffalo wings just for myself because I, I, if I could eat that as cereal, I would. So I'll, I'll go low brow and I would take buffalo wings. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Although that's not low brow anymore because the sad reality of our world is Tim. Chicken wings cost more than filet mignon anymore.
1: So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, and it's funny because they used to be a throwaway thing, and now, yeah, they're they're rather expensive. So, all right, well, guys, I I think we've had a successful round of uh, of this and that. <laughs> so, you know, it, it might not be useful information, but we learned a lot, right? <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> That's all you can hope for with, with these two guys, for sure.
1: Well, there you go. Well, Ryan, as the sports editor there at the Daytona Beach News Journal, why don't you tell us what we have coming up this week, leading up to the final race of the season, where people can find you at news-journalonline.com.
0: Yeah, so leading up, we'll of course have we'll have a poll, which will be out li- a little later today, and a uh, you know the through the gears column, which is out every week. Ken will have his normal allotment of uh speed freaks and the q a and of course it's nascar odds on friday which ken we need you to get an to add up a season earnings loss winnings plus tally i don't know how many millions of dollars you're down now but it's probably not I'm good sorry, sorry ryan he's, you're breaking up yeah <laughs> hardly you he's down he's ken's down a lot of chicken wings this year but hey there's always next year um and then, of course, you know, in the in the days that follow Sunday's race, we're working on some season wrap up stuff that uh, we're still ironing out. So definitely keep an eye for that too. Should be fun stuff.
1: And then you just wander around for about six or eight weeks until it gets going again, right?
0: Ken just disappears into Indianapolis for a good two or three months where he, he spends most of his year anyway, and
1: then we'll we'll be back for Daytona. Ken, are you Santa? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh I will tease you with this. We are kicking
2: around the idea of doing a best racer. Not sure if yes. it's gonna be specifically NASCAR or just racer in general. We haven't ironed out the details yet from each of the 50 states in this great US of A. Which Ooh, uh, yeah. sounds, like, a sounds like it would be it would be difficult on the thick end, such as pick the best one out of North Carolina. And, or California, even for that matter. But it will be difficult for an altogether different reason to pick one from, say, Nebraska or Idaho. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Although Christopher Bell, by the way, is might be the first Oklahoman to uh, win NASCAR races. Well, there you go. There's a, there's a good
0: fact.
1: <laughs> well, we will look for all of that reporting, and we'll see if Ken visits us all on Christmas Eve. All right, guys, who who wants to uh, announce where we can find you on social media? Because sometimes it's very easy to find all your aggregated links there.
0: Well, the thing is, Ken has had his Twitter account for 35 years and still doesn't know what it is. So um, (laughs) mine is at rprit. It's pretty simple. Letter R, my last name, P-R-I-T-T. I I believe, Ken, if you have time to look it up real quick, you are at NJ. Is that correct? That's it. That is it.
1: I remember now that you said it. (laughs)
0: Yep, <laughs> I memorized
1: it before he did. So there, there
0: you go.
1: All right. He's had it for 35 years of Twitter's 15-year existence. That's great math. <laughs> That's cutting edge right there, Tim. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. And I'm sure we'll talk again real soon. Ryan, it's been great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us as always. And Ken, why don't you go get a nice filet mignon? <laughs> I, I had Twitter before Al Gore did. <laughs> <laughs> And that will do it for this episode of The State of Florida Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Walters, and to quote Cale Yarborough, in racing, there are no shortcuts. Hard work and dedication are the keys to victory. Don't take shortcuts. Listen to this podcast each and every week. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.